I, I want to say a thank you to all of you for being here tonight and taking this time uh, as we uh, um, strengthen this ministry. Any ministry that is working and functioning and successful has to be visited and revisited and revisited because of changes that come and larger groups and new groups and everything that comes. And, and uh, I just want to say a thank you to, to Bishop and to Elder Hart and to Elder Flowers tonight uh, for being here and being so supportive of this ministry and, uh, and seeing it go forward. So we're thankful tonight for that. Uh, thankful for the development of men and women that this ministry offers and allows people in that place. I want to say uh, good to have Brother Rene tonight with us. He's also learning. Uh, several couldn't make it tonight. Brother Mays, Matt, his uh, grandmother's not doing well tonight and uh, bringing in a nurse. So that kind of a rough situation there for them. Uh, but uh, there's others that couldn't make it tonight. But we are recording this so that others can listen to it and uh, be aware of, of what it takes to um, work within any type of ministry. Um, we put together some different speakers, some different things that we pray will be beneficial tonight. And as Bishop and I sat down and talked about this, I think some of you remember we wanted to do an advanced training for a long time. So this is not new. It's Let's get it done. Let, let's do it. Let's uh, help people. So our goal tonight is to help. Our goal tonight is to look at things. Where can we shore up? Where can we do things better? Where can we make improvement? So that's the idea behind it tonight uh, and, and helping. Everybody, if you're not careful, in any ministry over a length of time can become stale. Not on purpose, not by design, so to speak, but out of habit sometimes I can, okay, I got to do that. I gotta, and, and I can almost go through the motions without ever really touching God, without ever affecting anybody's life. And, and so some of us have been doing this a long time. So we don't want to get stale, okay? So there's several things that we want to help us with tonight. So I've asked Bishop to come and, and talk about prayer and help us uh, continue to look at that. Now, we know that you pray, but I also know you can get stale <laughs> dealing with different things, and things need to be refreshed in our lives. So, Bishop, if you'd come and take your liberty. God bless you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, I was thrilled the first time I ever attended a uh, an anger management class and then over time observed the various uh, classes and the dynamic that was there i remember one night when uh, i received a text from elder flowers and uh, he had just attended i think it's the first time he had attended an anger management class and and i think in quotations he said that was ministry in other words the dynamic of People coming into a room with obvious need and somebody there prepared to address that need and uh, just a great environment for that um, I'd like to step back and, and make a few comments let me ask you this how many here one two three four five six seven eight nine 
10. How many of us attend Life Church? Well, look at that. Every one of us attends Life Church, one of the congregations. So this is a ministry of Life Church. Okay? Uh, we have two congregations represented here, so Elder Hart, Elder Flowers, and of course, uh, Brother Johnstone in longevity and his place of oversight and, and uh, involvement in life and focus and in anger management. So there is oversight, okay? And that is the oversight. And so uh, that's an important uh, facet to what we're doing. We are engaging in the community. We are providing service to the community, but we are not a community service. We are a ministry. And so, in the basis of ministry, we know that it is our communion with God. It is our fellowship with the Lord uh, that we experience through prayer, whether it is the... Uh, Time of prayer or whether it's all time prayer, whether it's praying all the time, whether it's praying without ceasing, whether it becomes a place of communion with God, that there is ongoing, again, communion, fellowship with God, then there is always an outward expression that lives. The opposite of stale would be fresh. And so there is a fresh anointing derived from our communion and communication with God that I don't care whether we're talking about yard work. There is an unction from the Holy One. There is an inspiration from God that lives and dwells in us that would impact a living soul. So... Here, there's a focus of teaching skills and tools for managing anger. It is connected with the correctional system. Therefore, in what is we have three classes going on now. We have Tuesday, we have Monday split. Is there any, are there any others? Okay, so they all involved people sent from corrections. Is that true? Multiple places, okay. Wow, okay, okay. Well, I don't know if I can make the statement that I was going to make then. Except that there is a large part that comes through the courts. The largest part comes from the courts. It's mandated. People have to be here. It's just like going to jail it's a mandatory situation people are mandated to go and they have to be there obviously there's no bars on our doors but <clears throat> even though it's it is a relationship with these departments in our communities it is a ministry it must remain a ministry now 
there are, uh, Brother Johnson is probably going to touch on this some more, and I just want to comment about it. Um, even though there are some restrictions on um, where I can go in my dialogue, in my teaching. In other words, we're not, this isn't a church service. We're not here to come and have a worship service and preach to them and then have an altar call. All right? So, what is it that we do in the process that makes it ministry? What goes beyond the lesson? What goes beyond the skills and the tools uh, verb, uh, verbally communicated to people? What goes beyond that? What touches the soul of a man? Ours, the Spirit of God operating and functioning through our lives, but it comes out of our communication, our presence, our demeanor. Our demeanor, our attitude, how we present and not project necessarily ourselves. Okay. Um, I served as the uh, Washington State Prison Ministry Chaplain for five years. My wife and I visited lots of correctional facilities. We, we uh, visited several prisons. Went to McNeil Island out in the Puget Sound several times. If there's any place that looks like Alcatraz, it is McNeil Island. Get on a boat, ride 20 minutes across the water, go up into the, I mean, it looks. And so, we being who we were, uh, we hadn't been to prison. We hadn't been to jail. And so, for us to go in there and, try, you know, project like we had been, you know, like we're one of you guys, would have been foolish. And so we didn't. We went in there in our innocence. We went in there in our weakness. Now, do you ever heard the statement, you can't con a con? It's the truth. And so uh, the worst thing to do, in my opinion, is to present something other than what is genuinely me. Because, again, if you can't con a con, people in the correctional side of things see right through that. It's important to be as real as real can be. And... Uh, Prayer is the conditioner of my heart, my soul, the temperance that comes to my communication. Uh, it has to be real. It has to be genuine. And it has to be by the ministry of God's spirit. Amen. Even teaching landscaping. Oh, I mean anger management. Okay. When I first got involved at McNeil Island, I had to go in with another group. And they, uh, they really put on a show. This people that I went to. 
I was, uh, I, I just really kind of sat back and watched, and then they put pressure on me on what I was supposed to do and be, and I didn't fit their mold, and they were putting on a, I mean, it was a show, but it turned from show to carnival, and it was a sad scenario. Now, when I came back from that, I would never participate in that again. I, I had the burden. I wanted to be involved, but if that's what it took, to, I was not interested in going with those people anymore because it was obvious to me that people could see right through that. And they weren't in it. They were in it for, uh, I don't know, the accolades. They were in it so that they could say they were involved in prison ministry. They were in it so that around the district they could, you know, tell stories. And some of them were just stories. We have to be real. We have to be genuine. And we have to go in the spirit of prayer in all that we're doing. I am, I am thrilled for each of your involvements. I am thrilled for each of your involvements. And I, as I sat here and watched one night, the group of people that were here and graduating out of here, I, I realized there will literally, should the Lord continue and you continue, there'll be thousands of people that come through these classes. That's thousands of opportunities to impact in real time, spiritually, by the hand of God, by the kingdom of God. There is no time to waste. There's no time to waste. Each one is a soul. Amen. Brother Johnstone. Thank you, Bishop. I've been doing this a long time, talking about prayer. I can confess to you there's times I have showed up to an anger management class, and I come from work <laughs> to do the Tuesday class. So sometimes if work is hectic, I get out late. I don't always get the prayer that I want. I will tell you I can tell the difference. I mean, I know the material. I, I can teach the material. But I'm talking about connecting with people and an anointing of God to flow. Uh, so there is a difference between just simply going through a curriculum and being anointed to teach that curriculum. And, and that's really where the difference is going to come in the winning of souls. One, we're really good social workers. The other, we're really good soul winners. Because <laughs> the anointing is on the study, the preparation, uh, I still have to go over my lessons. They're just something I've learned that if I don't, there's not the anointing. I'm saying, dear Lord, I, I wrote it. I know it. I, I can quote it. I can, I don't. But there's something about the Lord in my life wanting me to pray about it, pray over it, read over it again, and then it flows. So, so I know in all the years that I have done this, without prayer, you're just not going to have the success. Then you get discouraged. No, nobody wants to live for God. Nobody wants to make Well, where's my anointing? Where's that flow that we're talking about that, that has to come? Amen. Elder Flowers, would you come? I've asked him to speak. We appreciate him and, and his burden and carrying this torch on. Amen.
Amen. Well, I'm glad to be with you all. <coughs> Here's the first thing I felt like I wanted to do is ask you all, what do these anger management classes mean to you? And I, I, I'm soliciting a response. Mm-hmm. Amen.
Um, we're kind of talking around what I feel is a principle that I would try to share. And um, y- you mentioned you l- y- you mentioned you like seeing people change. You mentioned you f- you give them hope that they can change, and Brother Martin as well. Um, here's the principle: you can't give something you don't have. So, um, these two items, I, if you saw me make a note, it was just, I added to a list, just a short list that I had started when we talked about. So, that I believe one of the parts we see in the scripture, the principle, is when uh, Peter and John go to the gate and the, the beggar is asking, he says he, he's expecting to receive something of them. And we know the story. Peter says, I don't have this or that, but what I do have, I can give you. And that's the principle of what I'm talking about. What we have, we can give. We have change. Right? Now, like what Bishop said, he didn't go into the prison to say, you know, I know what it's like to be a prisoner. But he did say, I know what it's like to be changed. Or he could say, I know what it's like to be changed. The Lord has changed my life, and I'm an example of that. And I think tied together with that uh, in the context we've talked about tonight is, th- is hope. Uh, the hope that you can change. Yes. Not just, here's change and it's a real thing and I'm an example. But, you know... We start with, do you believe? Do you know? I mean, you don't say these words, right? I'm talking about the spirit behind what, what is conveyed. Do you believe that you can change? Do you know that there is a different you than who is sitting in that chair tonight or today? And that's hope. We give them hope. Again, we can only give it if we have it to give. I can't be living something different and then come in here and tell them I have something to give you. I can only give them what I have. I mentioned the short list. Uh, Here's what I foresee and what I feel are things that can um, be exchanged or things that you can give through a class through this setting. If you have it, you can give it. And the very first one that I have on this list is peace. 
these people, everybody needs peace, but you're seeing uh, multiple situations staring you in the eyeballs where they are in that situation strictly because there's no peace in that life. You can give them peace if you have it. You, you can spiritually impart peace. Like what Bishop was saying, through, the, through your communication, through the things that you say, through your attitudes, through your demeanor, you can impart peace and that not even be the subject of the lesson that night. It's just, if you got it, it can be imparted. Direction is another one. If you have it, because the people that attend these classes need, desperately need direction. They're wandering. And I've been over here for a while, and I've been over here for a while, and, and I didn't find what I needed there, and I didn't find what I needed there, and I'm just in this spiral of life. But if I have direction... Now, simple things like part of my direction is I have to go to work tomorrow. Did you know that? That's part of my direction. And even before that, I have to go home to my family tonight. That's part of my direction. That's the, that's the, that's the direction my life is moving in. And I have that so I can give that. I, it's not the topic of the class that day, we're not talking about the direction of your life, but I can impart spiritually direction because I've got it. Here's the fun one. I wrote it down. I thought it was fun. Knowledge. You can't give knowledge if you don't have knowledge. But, and you can read a book out loud, but all you're doing is transferring what's written down on a page into the ears of somebody else. That's not impartation. That's, that's reading. But if I'm reading it, and I've lived it, or I know it, knowledge and experience are what are tied together there. So I can give, I can impart knowledge if I have it. I can, I can go a long ways trying to convince people that I've got it. But if I don't, I can't give it. They're not going to learn it. Security. Uh, I think you see these people that need security. Uh, and that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But if you have it, you can give it. And this last one that I have is wholeness. I, I put them on opposite ends of the list, peace and wholeness, intentionally, because they really go together, but they're different things. You can't have one without the other. And wholeness is needed in every life, just like peace is needed in every life. But if I have it, it can be imparted. If I don't have it, I don't have any business telling you that you need it. I'm not, I'm not mad. But that's the principle that I, I feel like we, we can 
No, because the question is, Brother Manuel, the question is, how can I preach to these people without preaching? How can I minister to these people without reading the Bible? How can, how can I... How can I have spiritual impartation without laying my hands on them? Well, if I have these things, I can give these things. But I'm, I, I feel like part of the reason why I'm saying this is so that we stop and reflect. Do I have it? Do I have peace? Do I have wholeness? Do I have hope? Do I have change in my life? Do I have security? Do I have direction? And I would seek the Lord. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I feel like I'm tasked with giving that, imparting that, I would seek the Lord often to make sure that I have it, to make sure that it's evident in my life. Then I can help. Brother Johnstone. Thank you, Elder Flowers. Appreciate that. We just got to keep our wheels turning, our thinking, our thought process. That's what keeps us away from staleness and just falling into a rut of just kind of showing up and doing a lesson. So that's what we, we um, in the years that I've done this, we've done some advanced training around the country. Uh, and you'd be amazed how many people, you know, I'm sick of the curriculum, I'm tired of teaching it, and you, you just get a lot of feedback on it. And what they forget is the people have never heard it. You've heard it over and over and over. So you have to pray back through. It's not them. It's not that I need new curriculum. I had a zeal at one time teaching it. <laughs> and somewhere that zeal is waned away, and, and it really it's going to come back. I need to get alone with God somewhere and God rekindle the fire uh, and understand why I'm here and what I'm doing. And, and you give them hope because this class is available and they can come in and find the, the change, the hope, the peace, everything that they need. We have it. And that's why we do it. So, again, it's just refocusing sometimes. So good to have Elder Hart with us and... Um, Love and appreciate this man. He's my pastor, and uh, I'm just glad he's here tonight and want him to come and share uh, with us for a little bit and uh, let the Lord have his way. Amen. You to keep me on my time slot, brother. So, um, so I just... Um, the Johnson asked me to sent me a text yesterday and I'm like anger management Wednesday night where and what time is anger management on Wednesday night he said hey I'll actually take just a few minutes thinking okay where and he's like oh no no so anyway um the uh first Corinthians chapter 12 13 and 14 are really an interesting part of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth those three chapters um you can read them later but we read in chapter 12 the gifts of the Spirit, or at least some of them, nine of them. We read about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, uh, gift of prophecy, gift of miracles, gifts of healing, uh, um, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Um, 
I would tell you, and I would, or I would, let me retract that, I wouldn't tell. I would uh, encourage you that those gifts of the Spirit could and should be in operation in an anger management class. We often think of gifts of the Spirit in this, what we visualize, right, this man, there was such a powerful move of God. We, we put it in a service context, and we thereby do an injustice to the gifts of the Spirit. They are not gifts from the Spirit. They are gifts of the Spirit. Therefore, they flow out of the Spirit. And so, if you are, and I know and believe that you are, filled with the Spirit, then when you teach, instruct, have conversation, there should be an operation of the gifts of the Spirit that are within you and I. All right? A word of wisdom. This is not earthly wisdom. This is not human wisdom. This is the wisdom of the Spirit of God that dwells within us. And so when we're teaching and instructing, there can be a flow of the Spirit of wisdom, the word of wisdom that comes from God. Now, we don't own that. We don't possess that. We don't turn it on, turn it off, flip the switch. Through prayer and spending time with God, we can now be teaching and instructing the class and we begin to go down a vein and we're like man I'm saying stuff I, I know I read through this curriculum and I'm in the curriculum because there's a reason it is it was inspired by men and women that wrote it but there becomes a flow of ministry and a word of wisdom can come that can do something in someone that may have heard the concept before but it wasn't coming from the word of wisdom of the spirit of God an operation of a gift of the spirit does this make sense and so a word of knowledge you may begin to talk about something under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost because you've spent time with God and you're filled with the Spirit of God. And you've studied, you've prepared. So inspiration draws on preparation oftentimes. We can fall in the trap of just trusting in inspiration and not giving time to preparation. And so inspiration is only drawn. That works sometimes, but not all the time. We need to be preparing. And so a word of knowledge from the Spirit, and you, you're like, you know what, I'm going to, and you begin to share a story related to the curriculum. And it ministers like the details minister specifically to a person sitting in the class. It's like, what in the world? What is that? That's the, that wasn't your idea. That was a word of knowledge to their situation. The Spirit, we have, to, we have to know and believe the gifts of the Spirit when we're filled with the Spirit. This is why the prayer is so critical. Everything's got to start with relationship with God. And so the gifts of the Spirit, you should expect them to operate. We just have to understand, okay, they don't operate in a church service around the altar. That's the only time. I mean, they can. But when we're flowing in ministry and you're giving yourself to ministry, so gifts of healing, healing can come as you're speaking to someone and you begin to, and healing, they start, right? And discernment of spirits. I can't imagine that there's a gift of the Spirit that, I wouldn't say more critical, but just as critical as the others when you're in a classroom like this. You need discernment of spirits to be in operation. Okay? So you may not use interpretation of tongues in the anger management class, but I can go down. You get the idea, right? We should expect the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation when we're teaching. Uh, 
Absolutely. Right. No, absolutely. And so we must discern spirits. Otherwise, we start going, man, I don't like that. And we make it personal with the individual. Not realizing that, to Elder Flower's point, spirits vehicle on people because of what they've yielded themselves to. So we need discernment of spirits, and we don't want to get in an attack on spirits. We understand the power of the Spirit of God to lead us, okay? Now, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Chapter 14 is all about the operation of gifts, specifically tongues and interpretation and some of those things. It talks about the application operation of the gift. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. Paul wrote one letter. All three of those chapters were together. He didn't put numbers and separate them out there. The gifts of the Spirit absolutely must flow through love. And so there has to be love operative in, with, and through our life. The love of God. Again, if we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we're fellowshipping the Spirit of God through prayer, then the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost that we're filled with. And so then these gifts of the Spirit can flow through the love of God and true ministry can take place. The... So we have to love the people. You say, man, I don't even know them. Right, but God gives us a love for people if we fellowshiped him. And so we, we have to have him do that. 1 Corinthians 13 ends this way. And now abideth faith, hope, and love, or charity. Now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three. The greatest of these is love. Now, faith hope, and love. These three abide. I can't imagine anything more needful in the classes that you all are teaching and participating in than the need for faith, hope, and love. Now, you talked about them needing to receive hope. I heard three different people when you were talking when Elder Flowers asked the question mention hope specifically. They have to have hope. You can, to Elder Flowers' points, give them hope. But you have to have faith. You have to have faith that you can teach a curriculum that you've taught hundreds of times, ten dozens of times, whatever. You have to have faith that the gifts of the Spirit can operate through your life and minister to a heart without reading a scripture and opening your Bible and saying, let's pray and all, right? The Spirit operates in the environment. So you have to have that faith. Now, the Bible says, I've sort of been hung on this, so I'm sorry for those of you that are from Selah. Sorry, not sorry. Galatians 5 and 6 says, faith worketh in love. For the faith that we read about in 1 Corinthians 13 to be operative, your faith, and your faith will be transmitted. They may have hope, but they need to have faith too. And so faith comes by, aha, hearing. Hearing by the word of the Lord. You say, well, but I didn't read the Bible. 
No, no, but you're an oracle of God when you're filled with the Spirit and you yield and begin to teach. And so while you're teaching, you've spent time with God and you're yielding to the Spirit and you're teaching the curriculum, words are flowing out. Bishop said you can be talking about landscaping, right? Words are flowing out and faith comes by hearing. You're like, what, Matt? You're imparting faith. It's exactly right. So now you've got hope. Now you've got faith. We must bring the element of love. There's got to be a love for the ones we're reaching to. And it can't be my human care and concern and compassion. It's got to be the love of God. The greatest of these is love. So I would say as I finish... Trust and believe from your time and fellowship with God that when you stand or sit, however and wherever you do that when you're teaching a class, expect and believe as a child of God filled with the Spirit of God who has studied and prepared and been prayerful that the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation. And that there's hope in the room. And that you're going to speak with faith. And that you're going to express the love of God. And it will transform lives. Um, I didn't think I was going to say this, but I think I am. And you probably caught this already, but I'm going to say it anyway. When Bishop was at the outset, when Bishop made this statement about different congregations and Elder John Stone having oversight with this. I'm going to tell you what I saw. I saw the foundation of a structure. The foundation of a structure wherein, as the Lord chooses in His way and His time to open avenues, that He would continue to do so. Bishop made the statement, thousands of lives passing through and so we understand when it becomes spiritual ministry the Lord will continue to produce it where it's needful and necessary and it's a ministry of life church that in his way not in our ideas of let's see if we can build this program but the Lord choosing places and times and avenues um and so what you're doing and giving yourself to is vital in that regard. And this continued improvement that Elder Johnson talked about at the outset tonight is critical. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. Just, just so you know, conservatively speaking, at 30 per class, which we run most of the time, 35, 40, and with Sister Dora's class, we're 3,900 people are passing through here in one year. It's amazing. Didn't put about 30, 40 years on that <laughs> just to see where, where it's all headed. Um, the Lord, when we begin to put this together and look at this, and um, I, I felt burdened for what we're doing tonight uh, and the importance of what's being done here tonight. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. It, it really comes to that place. And so... 
when I began to look into the Word of God and praying about it, the Lord took me to Exodus 16. And it's where the manna came out of heaven. Children of Israel, you know, they're in the wilderness, and, and God's going to be their provider. He's going to meet every need. The thing with the manna to me is interesting. There's several things that happen. The manna made them dependent upon God. They couldn't do it. They couldn't produce it. If we're going to be, if I can use this word, successful or handle this the way we need to do it, it's going to take a dependency upon God. Just as they had to depend on that manna to come six days a week was going to have to fall out of heaven. That quail was going to have to fall out of heaven, and, and it did. Uh, Israel could not take any credit for it. And we really can't take any credit. It is a work of the Spirit of God. And I'm just so excited he's allowing us to be a part of what he's doing in the earth. And, and so when we look at that, I, I think it becomes important uh, of how we look at it. Uh, also, I think that what becomes important this is that uh, the manna was fresh every day. And it had to be fresh. If you tried to hold it over, the worms would eat it up. I could have a really good class last Tuesday. But I'm here to tell you that doesn't mean anything for this Tuesday. <laughs> if it's not fresh, if I'm not fresh, if I'm not ready to go, if I'm not expecting, uh, I come early. Um, I, I get here earlier than I need to. But I'm praying. And I'm walking through this. I'm binding any type of spirit. You, you, you that teach, you know. <laughs> We've had guns pulled, knives pulled, women wanting to fist fight. We've had all, I mean, and so you have to take spiritual authority when you're in this, this setting. And so it, I, I love to, to realize the power of keeping it fresh and, and that we don't get stale. And if I don't keep it fresh, if I don't stay fresh, they pick it up. When I first came to the Lord, they preach more against everything, if you can understand what I'm saying. And I heard Brother David Bernard make a statement. He said, I'd rather preach for something. <laughs> that changed my life that day. I don't have to preach against everything. I got to start preaching for something. And, and I really believe in anger management. We're, we're ministering for something to happen. If I'm fresh, then I should be encouraging them people. I should be able, as Brother Martin said, we make connections. I'm, I'm watching people. People come in, and, and we have conversation. Dave is one of the men we cut up a lot with now that uh, he's graduating and coming back. I don't know if he's made it to church yet, but he keeps telling us, I'm going to come. But I, I believe he will come. But, it, again, it was out of that, that just talking and fellowshipping and talking church. And, and, and those are the conversations that, like you say, they're listening to us talk about church, the things of God. Uh, most of them know I'm in ministry because I, I share different things where I work with people and minister to people. One of the things you have to remember, we cannot preach. And sometimes people have asked us on Tuesday, how did you change? What brought the change in your life? And then we say, I, I will share all of that with you after class. If you stay with me after class, I'll share all that with you. Because I can't share death, burial, and resurrection in the class. But if you'll after class meet with me, 
and we, I can share how I made that transition. After class, we can baptize people. We can pray them through the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's open season after class. And people do ask those questions. And, but why? Because they're hungry and because hope is coming. So if I stay fresh, a couple things I, that we need to just go over and remind ourselves and look at. I got to be here early. I got to be here ahead of the people I'm ministering to. I remember dealing with a man to be an usher. And he wanted to get involved. The trouble was he was always the last one to church. <laughs> well, how are you going to greet anybody? <laughs> how are you going to shake hands? How are you going to welcome them when you're the last one through the door? So you've got to realize it's my, my ministry. I'm up tonight. If I can use that terminology, you see what I'm saying? And I need to be there early. I need to be shaking hands. I need to be making those contacts. Remember, life and focus was designed in the beginning to be a contact maker. We're not educators. This is to meet people and win them to the Lord. That is the bottom line. That's what I believe keeps us from getting stale even in the world of evangelism. A lot of churches you see will invite people, and the zeal kind of fades away. Nobody comes. They, they never invite anybody after that. What this ministry has done for me, it keeps me fresh and soul when I'm constantly working with people and ministering to people and praying with people. We get to pray with people after classes, and, and just a lot of neat things get to happen. And sometimes we don't see the fruit right away that we'd like to see, but let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. So we can't lose heart. So, but if I'll keep that manna fresh every day, then I won't be stale. Uh, number two. Dealing with announcements, let's keep them kind of short and sweet. Don't belabor them. Don't get too long on them. And don't let them go kind of negative. Keep, keep them upbeat. Um, you know the biggest reason for announcements is church events. We think it's to tell them that you can't miss over three times and yada, yada, yada. But really that, that peace and announcement in the beginning of life and focus was that to invite them to a special service. Back in the day when you would invite them to those services and they came, they got credit. It was called life skills to come to Wednesday night Bible study. Yeah. The, the, the rules are important, but keep it upbeat and kind of easy you know what i'm saying they can't miss over three times and they need to know that 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 is something that needs to to be brought out but but don't don't make it negative i, I don't want it you see what i'm saying i do for easter i do for christmas program anything special going on we're inviting them I, i've got you know whatever flyers we made for that for people to hand over i got them up here and we're handing them out because we can an announcement not against the law it's not yeah yeah our church is sponsoring i mean we get it in everywhere we can yep So, the, so that's where announcements were at for the beginning. My announcements in the beginning, I didn't know how to make announcements. Mm -hmm. I had to ask you to help me, show me, 
10 minutes after the 10 minute leeway. Mm-hmm. Put him in at 7.20, 7.25, and I said, you know what? This is too much. Kick was real simple, real short. I don't got time to waste. I got something that needs to be taught. Mm-hmm. So I shortened my announcement down to three. I meant to put it in announcements a couple of weeks ago. We had a situation on Tuesday afternoon here while we were in doing anger management. Somebody was out taking stuff out of one car, putting it in another car, <laughs> and taking it out of another car, just kind of switching stuff around. And Dave, one of the guys that we're working with, he came in and his package was put in another car and stuff like that. I meant to tell people, hey, you need to make sure you lock your car up, but I forgot because my mind's not there. My, I'm not, you see, I, I need to say something, but, but again, uh, when you feel the Holy Ghost working and moving and, and you know that there's a, you've got direction because you've prayed, you've sought God, and, and there are people there, especially where we've made connections with people over the weeks and we're getting down. Um, things that have amazed me is a man or a woman who sits through 14 weeks of anger management. They don't smile. They don't say a word. They come in. They sign their name. They sit down, and they're some of the first ones to leave. They get their graduation at the end of 14 weeks. They get their certificate and say, boy, this class has changed my life. And I'm going, really? <laughs> if, if looks could tell, I missed it by a mile. So I'm just saying, you're ministering many times when you're not even aware. The Lord may not reveal to you that I am dealing with those individuals. And you're ministering to them. And they're taking this home. Oh, I remember her. And she walked up to the table, I signed her name, and I said, how's the day going for you? And she said, I don't like the daytime. By the time she graduated at the, four, at the end of 14 weeks, I said, well, how's the day going for you? Well, day's not so bad. She went from, the, from hating the daytime to the daytime not being so bad. You never know what God is doing with these people. We're affecting people. We're ministering to people. And, and that's what you have to realize. Do you realize that God has called us to this? And, and that's the thing. The other thing is this. Make sure you put tools in their hand. Now, personally, I think this is important. And I think you need to do it. I believe that every class, you need to explain. If there's new ones here especially, you need to explain the three types of anger. Because if you don't explain aggressive, passive-aggressive, or passive, they don't know what type of anger they have. And for you that have been doing this well, they all come in and say, I don't have an anger problem. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> and when I, I, why do I identify the three types? Because I'm telling them, whatever you are, you've got to start working on it. Now, some tools you need. If you're aggressive, for example, you're a yeller and a screamer and, and, and on and on. You're communicating. You're way too loud and way too abusive, and you need to tone it down. But you are communicating. The other two groups do not communicate. What you got to start learning to do is open back up and communicate to work through the conflict. So, so what I'm trying to do is get one guy one night. I'm going through the three things, and I didn't know, but he was, uh, oh, he called his wife after class and said, hey, we've been talking about you tonight. And, of course, she got mad, you know, because <laughs> what are you doing talking about me in anger management class? No, 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 no. We identified your type of anger. Does that make any sense? 
they, they've got to know where their anger's at, okay? Now, why is this so important? Because when passive people walk in here, they all tell you, I don't have an anger problem. I don't know why I'm here. But they really do. So once you teach on that, bring out how, how passive anger works, now they, I've had them realize, I didn't realize, but I do have an anger problem, don't I? Now we put tools in their hands and they, where they can start working through this. Because, see, they think they're right in how they're behaving, how they're treating other people, when that action and behavior is not right. So we use those tools. You've got to put those, that five-minute rule. You've got tools. Uh, never discuss problems late at night. Uh, deal with communication. There's a lot of tools that you've got to help them with. Because I had to... I taught one, uh, I try to get it in every so often, but I, I teach especially this younger generation about uh, uh, not being negative, and this week all I want you to do is compliment the other half. I had two young men, early, early 20s, and they looked at me and they said, well, how do you give a compliment? And then they said, well, what would I compliment her for? I said, does she cook your food? Well, yeah. Have you ever said, hey, thank you. That was really good dinner. No, I said, try it this week. And then I said, who washes your clothes? Well, well she does. And, and so I said, have you ever thanked her for doing the laundry? I said, do you make your own lunch or she make? Oh, no. She do you ever thank her for making your lunch when you go to work? I want you to know the following week, both those women came with those men and said, I don't know what's going on in this class. <laughs> and they sit through 14 weeks. What am I talking about? They don't know. One of the men we won to the Lord through anger management that now is in Brother Miranda's church down below. I'll never forget it. He came to me and uh, he said, Pastor, how do you be a father? Now, you would, and he's got three kids. People don't know. If I don't teach them, I said, I want you to come home and, and start out with five to ten minutes, play with your boys. See, he'd never done that. Next week he comes back and said, I can't believe it, man. The kids were playing in the yard. They're behaving better, and, and we played. It. I said, oh, isn't that amazing? And then he said, I don't know how to be a husband. I said, when you get home from work, I want you to take the first 10 minutes when you get home, sit down with your wife and just visit, ask her how her day went. week later, oh, I can't believe it. See, we think people know, and they really don't. They've come out of broken homes, gangs, and all kinds of craziness. So tools tools this is why they they want to come back that's why they can't wait to get to the next class we're helping them we're ministering ministering they're going home and change is happening in the home i i get to bring out a lot of church stuff just from my position i quote scripture i just don't identify it See what I'm saying? So I won't identify. The other thing is, if you'll pray, you'll know what services or class, if I can say it that way, that you have liberty. There's a liberty to speak. See what I'm saying? And there's other times I've known. I've had people go to pro probation officers on me and say, all that guy does is preach the whole class. And the probation officer actually went to all his clients in my class and said, hey, is John Stone just preaching in there all the time? He said, no, he's never preached one time. Two lesbians was after me. And I never 
I've always been kind. I've never been mean or aggressive, but they knew my position as, as ministry. So you deal with stuff. So guard yourself. And be careful, you know, how we do that. So those are the things that are available to us, and, and if we're willing, teach a lesson, get the lesson in, uh, and be ready to minister at the end. Not just teach the lesson, okay, get out of here, I'm going home. We've done all of this work to get to the place of somebody staying and visiting after class. Somebody that we can pray with. Somebody that we begin to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of it myself. It's talking with my brother because my brother's alongside with me. And uh, I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And so I try to be sensitive just like the table. Mm-hmm. And ask if we can encourage them still to be able to hear after classes. If anybody wants to stay, by all means, I'm here, I'm available. Mm-hmm. You can make that announcement. And I've met with people after class. I've met with people on off days. You, you, you start, again, they're, they're hungry. We're connecting. Uh, they want the things of God in their life. Some are backsliders. I've actually had UPC backsliders come in and were blown away that, you know, that the class was, you know, by UPC people. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you just don't know who is sitting out there. You just don't know the background that they could have came out of. And uh, so it, it's amazing. What an opportunity God has given us, really, uh, to do this. And this began, it was in my uh, first year of pastoring that God dealt with me to start a program. Before Life in Focus, that I ever knew Life in Focus, we had already built a, bro- a drug program. And we'd already started going into the jail through a man that we wanted out of the jail, let brought me back in so I was running a drug program every Tuesday at the Benton County Jail and then when Life and Focus come along we thought it'd be better to partner with them they had more to offer than I did and so we did that so it's been a burden of mine for years you wouldn't keep doing this (laughs) this many years if you didn't love what you were doing or felt this is what the Lord has had for me and and blessed us you know in that realm but But let's just take a few moments and pray tonight. And let's ask God to refresh me. God, I want to be fresh every time I walk in. Just like that manna was fresh every day, God. When I walk in this place and and I begin to minister wherever God opens that door for us to teach. Father, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. We're just asking you tonight to touch us and to help us tonight, Lord God. We're asking you tonight that, God, you would search my heart, Lord God. Help me, Lord. Look within me tonight, God, that if there are areas that I need to work on, Lord, areas that I need to shore up in the Holy Ghost, Lord God, in prayer, study, Lord God, learning and growing, Lord God. I pray tonight that, Lord, your spirit would work and move in every one of these men and women tonight, God, that 
would be mightily used of God to win many souls because of, of their burden and of their desire tonight, God. We believe in you tonight, God. We want to move in that vein tonight, God. I'm asking you tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Move, oh God, I pray in my heart tonight that we yield ourselves to you tonight, God. Yield ourselves to your will and plan and purpose in this ministry, Lord God, that we've got to do this word, God. We thank you for it tonight. Thank you for it tonight, God. Lord, move and work tonight. Move and work tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I encourage you to look for books on the subject of anger management. The more you can learn about your subject, the more you can get. Uh, Gary Smalley, I don't remember the name of the book, but my favorite lesson to teach, I made it like a six-week lesson out of it. And he dealt with unresolved anger in marriage and how, for example, only 5% of the people in the world ever get an apology from someone who wronged them. You got people sitting out here waiting on an apology they're never going to get. So you're never going to get it, so let's move on. It's not going to happen. You're waiting. So, you want, so, But I learned a lot in that there that it, I'm able to share and to give. So if you just stick with one book, it's going to limit you. You know what I'm saying? So so buy other books on it. And again, just it, it's just a, you you learn it. It's like the Bible. The more you quote and, and hide in your heart, the more God can use you. Because you've put it in. Now it can flow out. So my anger management is going to be the same way. It, 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 it's what's in that I've studied, put in here, that, that I can allow for a flow to come out when the Lord said, okay, this is the direction. This is what I want you to do. And this is where I want you to go. Um, all of you can attest that the anointing that falls when you're ministering in these classes, it's the same anointing if you preach. Same excitement.